We want to create an environment where it's okay to feel your emotions, it's okay to be down and, and, and be discouraged, but it's also okay to go, God, you, you've got strength where I'm weak. You've got encouragement where I feel down. You have ability where I have no ability. Right? God is, God is for us. So um, I want, I'm going to pray for you. And then we're going to get into this new series. But you're, you're welcome to be in this place. And God is here with us. And he's going to direct us. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much uh, for this opportunity. This opportunity to both hear and um, speak your word. Lord, your word is holy and good and right and eternal and inerrant and perfect and beautiful. And Lord, we are not. If we confess the truth, Lord, we know that many times we look to your word to confirm or to support our own presuppositions. And so, Lord, I ask on behalf of every husband that you would be Lord of our lives. That our, our wives would sense deeply your affection through us. Lord, that you would be the one who propels and fuels and directs our words. That our wives would be loved well because of what you do through us. Lord, I pray for the children here. That you would be the one that they want to emulate. That there would be no peer pressure that goes beyond your sovereignty and goodness and joy and beauty and who you are. Lord, I pray that for the women here, Lord, for those both in marriage and those uh, still waiting. Father, I pray that those who are waiting, you would be their satisfaction. You would be their joy and their purpose. And Lord, for those who are married, I pray that they wouldn't look to their husband as their God but they, and the source of their completion, but, but someone to serve you with. And so, Father, speak in this place. Talk to us. Communicate to us. Let your word speak to us loud and clear. Let no one leave here the same. That you might be the happiest person in this room as your name is lifted high and as your spirit is moving and as your word is proclaimed that you would be glorified, lifted high, and worshiped. We thank you again, O God, for these moments. For we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So glad you're here. Thank you, Steve. Um, What is the fuel of your life? Do you know what I mean when I say what's the fuel of your life? I mean, what is the thing that wakes you up in the morning? What's the thing that propels you? What's the thing that gives you energy? What is the thing that you long for, look for? What is the fuel of your life? Everybody has it. Everybody has it. What's yours? What is the thing that you just either don't have and are striving to get and you will only be happy when you get it, Or the thing that you have that if you lost, you would die. What is the fuel of your life? We all have it. I remember, um, I remember uh, I I got um, in my late teens, meaning 18, 19, and early 20s, meaning 20 to 25, um, I, I was really into the guitar. It was music was my deal, right? And um, I had uh, really long hair. I know you can't see it. You can't picture it now. I had really, really long hair. And um, I wore, uh, I like, punk music and funk and all that stuff. And, um, and I would play the guitar. That was my deal. That was my deal. And I would wake up very early in the morning to play it. 
And I would come home and I would play it some more. It was the thing that I invested in the most. It was the thing that I uh, took pleasure in the most. I, I just loved playing my guitar. And if my guitar was gone, I wasn't quite the same. I wasn't quite as happy, quite as fulfilled. It was my fuel. It was my fuel. It was the thing that I could not live without. What's your fuel? What's your fuel? What is the thing that you're striving for that if you don't get, you can't be happy? Or that if you already have it and you lose it, you'll die? What's your fuel? So all you have to do to find out what your fuel is is just simply ask that simple question. What is it that you're striving for? You know, I will be happy if whatever the, at, the blank is. Or I would die if whatever the blank is. What fuels your life? We all have a fuel of life. Everybody remember the old Wheaties commercials, right? The Wheaties commercials, what they, what they did was they tried to present to us that Olympians, if you wanted real power, if you wanted to be explosive, healthy, energetic, if you wanted to, you know, uh, swim like an Olympian or, you know, jump or run or box or whatever, you've got to eat Wheaties. Because what was it? Wheaties was the breakfast of champions. Campeones. Yes. And, and you already know. Why? Because it's, if you had it, then you were a champion. It's what champions eat. It's what fuels champions. What fuels champions? Anybody know? It's just what I told you. Yeah, it's Wheaties, right? Or if you're, all right, for the older folks who are around, anybody remember um, PF Flyers? Oh, my, right? Who was it? Who was it? Keds or Converse who made PF Flyers? I forget. It was kids, right? And so what? You were supposed to run faster, jump higher, right? Nobody could catch you because the source of your speed, agility, and way, you know, the way you could be awesome on the field and run is what? Is PF flyers. Run faster, jump higher. It was proven, in fact, <laughs> scientifically, that you would be awesome. But you need your PF flyers. What is it that you need? I mean, really. And I know, you know, because we're here and everybody's like, Jesus. Yes, that's the right answer in here. But I'm saying you. You. I just, re I just uh, heard a, a very terrible um, piece of news. Anybody remember Soul Train? Everybody remember the host on Soul Train? What was his name again? Don Cornelius. Man, I, that, Don Cornelius, right? He had a legendary voice, right? right? And I heard the saddest thing. He was, he, he, he was sick for a long time. Pray for his family. Um, he was sick for a long time. And his health kept on deteriorating. And um, because his health kept on deteriorating, he took his own life just this week. It's just, what is the source? What is the thing that if you lost, you would die? What is the thing that if you could get, you'd be happy? What is the fuel for your life? Everybody has some. Some of us, it could be uh, very wonderful things, like children. Or grandchildren, right? If you're a little bit older and now you have, right? You know what grandchildren are? Grandchildren are God's gift to you, God's reward to you for not killing your kids when they were teenagers, right? That's what grandkids are. Because it's wonderful, right? Your kid's not so fun. Grandkids are wonderful. Um, it could be kids. It could be your kids. And it's perfectly fine, right? Because your kids are... Your kids are fine, right? Because it's, they're good and they're, God has given them to you and they're a gift from God. But if there's a very thing that you live for, then you'll die if they don't do well, if they hurt, if they suffer, or if they die. 
They're, kids are a wonderful gift, but they're a poor fuel. What, what's your fuel? Maybe it's your spouse. I'm sure they're lovely and wonderful and kind. Maybe, maybe it's your spouse. And if they left you, or if they, you would die. What is it? What is your fuel? Is it your health? Is it, is it your beauty or your youth? What is it? That if you, that if you lose, you will die. What is your fuel? Everybody has it. The reason that I'm asking what's your fuel is because your fuel, by the way, do you have it? Do you know what it is? Do you have a suspicion? Okay. Watch this. If you're not sure, ask yourself, when do I say that's my heart the most? Or to what direction do I say that's my heart? That is usually where your source, your, the place you go to, the one that you look to for significance. Maybe, maybe you're single and you don't have kids and you don't have a marriage. And for you, it's all about getting married, being in a relationship. In fact, you want to be in a relationship so bad, you're willing to compromise any principle that you have. If you want to know what fuels you, if you want to know what motivates you, if you want to know what empowers you, just simply find those things that you're willing to sin for. And you'll find. Because you go, oh, no, 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 no. Jesus is my source. Jesus is my fuel. Whoa, 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 whoa. But if you cheat and steal and bend the truth at work, for money, then Jesus is not your God. Money is. Jesus is not your fuel. Money is. If you're willing to lie, cheat, and steal for your kid, then Jesus isn't the one you rely on. Your kid, or his joy, or her joy, whatever that is. But the question does beg to be answered. What is your fuel? Is it your kids? Is it money? Is it prestige? Is it the way you look? Your appearance? Your health? What is it? What is it that if, hey, what is it that you would curse God about? What is it that if you lost, you'd curse God about? It's your fuel, do you see? What is it that you're willing to disobey Jesus for? It's your fuel. It's the thing that'll get you happy. What is it? You, are you getting it? Is it getting clearer in your mind? The reason I'm asking you for your fuel, and I want to take the time for you to think about this, is because your fuel will produce your fruit. Think of it this way. Your life and my life is kind of like a tree. You ever thought of that? What's your life like? My life is like a tree. And in my life, I produce a particular fruit. Apples produce, apple trees produce apples, pear trees produce pears, right? Your life will produce something. So when I see a person who is bound in addiction, it, it doesn't generally stay in. Have you ever seen a very beautiful, beautiful uh, woman get ravaged by addiction? And then see like the after, um, the, you know, the before and after pictures. It's, it's shocking. And we don't even need to imagine that. We just simply, some of us have to simply look back in our past and go, the way we look now is different than the way. What is your fuel? Is it your, listen, listen to me. Is it, where do you find your identity? Where do you find your identity? Is it Democratic? Republican? Is it ladies' man or homosexual? Is it rich or poor? 
is your identity? What is your fuel? In my um, neighborhood, um, men would define themselves by the women that they were able to acquire. It's just the culture that I grew up in. I'm Puerto Rican, grew up in Brooklyn. And uh, we, would identify them, we would identify ourselves with the conquests that we had. We would say things like, um, I still, anybody can finish this such? I still got it. Yeah, absolutely. You grew up in my neighborhood too. I still got it, right? Even if you, if you, right, right? And you only say that when you know you've lost it, right? <laughs> to remind everybody else that you still, right? And so you, you go, you go, hey, 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 you know, I got to wink. I got to look back. I got to, wasn't going to get her number, but I just want to make sure that I still, what is the it? I still got the fuel that makes me who I am. The purpose, the how I identify myself. What? is your fuel because your fuel will produce your fu- your fruit. Jesus knows this about us. Jesus knows that in every circumstance, in every individual life, there's something that's fueling you. If you're not sure what fuels you, just look at some of the dumbest decisions that you've ever made. And ask yourself, listen, and don't just be satisfied with asking the question, but go ahead and answer it. You ever done, oh, come on, I've done this before. You look in the rearview mirror of your life. Have you ever done this? And you go, what was I thinking? Right? Could have been going out with her or him. Could have been taking that job. Could have been lying to your friends and family. Could have been uh, uh, getting yourself into a world of trouble. Could have been, like, what was I thinking? I remember this uh, a close friend of mine who, uh, so funny. He, he, he did a, he, well, he didn't mean to break and do a break and entering, right, in neon yellow jumpsuit. He didn't mean to do that. It's not like he left his house saying, I'm going to do a break and entering, and I know what I'll wear. <laughs> Glow in the dark. Yellow jumpsuit. That day did not end well for him, and, and in the end... And in the end, right, as, as people followed the strip of glow-in-the-dark jumping over roofs in, in Brooklyn, right, um, in the end, when he asked himself, what was I thinking, it, see, listen, he was driven by a more powerful drive. It was fashionable early in the day to wear this particular colored jumpsuit or, or you know, yeah, jumpsuit, I don't know what you would call it, sweatsuit, whatever you call it. Listen to me. But there was something that was fueling him that made him do this foolish thing. Have you, have you ever been in a relationship where it was like, man, that person was good to me, and then you treated them like crap, and you just wish you can go back and kind of... There was something that was fueling you. Listen to me. I want you to know, find out what is it. What is it? Is it your reputation? What is it? Jesus knows that the thing that fuels us will produce our fruit. Jesus also knows, listen to me, this is key. Jesus also knows that you will all, I will all, I will, you will, will all look for something to give us fuel for our lives. It's just that way. Every one of us. Every one of us. There's a fuel, there's a fruit. There's a power that you go to, and there's a byproduct that you come up with. Every one of us will find it. Listen to me. Those who have no fuel or nothing to live for, they have a clinical definition for those people. It's called depression. Because they have no hope. They find nothing to live for. And in turn, they they actually reveal what they live for, which is happiness. Listen to me. What is your fuel? Because your fuel will produce your fruit, your power, your production, what propels you will produce your byproduct. Jesus knows this about us. So you know what he did? Jesus put in his word a better fuel, a better power, a better. And so if you would open in your Bibles, we're going to go there. Um, We have a tradition here in this church. One of the things we do is we stand when we read God's word. And the reason is is because we have such a reverence for God's word. So I'm going to ask you, go ahead, stand up.
And we're going to read a long piece of scripture, right? And for some of you, darn, I just ruined your nap. Okay, it's okay. You'll be, uh, you'll be able to nap in a minute. But even you rebellious people, go ahead and stand. And um, we're going to read this. I'm going to read. Uh, I'll, I'll read this. I want you to read the first verse and verse 17. We're going to try this to do this together, okay? So first verse, then you'll stop. I'll read the rest. And when I get to verse 17... We'll read from there. You have the words on your bulletin or up here if you're looking, okay? So let's read God's word. I am the vine. I'm sorry. Let's read that together. Um, one, two, three. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. I'll take it from here. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you by this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples as the father has loved me so i have i loved you abide in my love if you keep my commandments you will abide in my love just as i have kept my father's commandments And abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his Friends, you are my friends if you do what I command. You are my friends if you do what I command. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and aren't you glad you did not choose me but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that you your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the father in my name he may give to you all together now these things I command you so that you will love one another may God bless the reading of his word let's Okay, let's go quickly. What, you, what your fuel is will produce your fruit. Where you, what propels you will produce your byproduct. What your power source is will be your production. Listen to me. Listen to me. The things of life, stresses and difficulty, stresses and pains, stresses and worries, stress, the difficulty of life does not produce in you i hope i hope that after this service you never say to your wife you see what you made me do or if you hadn't been like this i wouldn't have i hope you never say that to your husband because your husband doesn't produce your wife doesn't create pressures and pain and suffering in life doesn't produce or create listen to me it only reveals if I had a, a, a tube of toothpaste up here and I unscrewed it and I said okay I'll give you a thousand dollars if you can guess what's going to come out when I squeeze this thing what would you guess anybody toothpaste sure 
Because my pressure doesn't produce. It simply reveals what was in it the whole time. Stresses of life, difficulties in life will produce a reaction from you. And depending on what your power source is, depending on where it fuels you, depending on where you get your orders from, will be dependent on what your reaction will be. So you wonder, have you ever had a person where their life seems to be falling apart? Husband left, lost their job, kids are running amok, and they have the peace of God, and you're just in awe of them. You ever met somebody like that? That if any one of those things happened to you, you'd have lost your mind, right? You'd have been, you'd have been in a bad way, right? But you meet those people, and I've been around those people. It's humbling. It's humbling. Kid, you know, all you hear in the room is the, is the not-so-steady rhythm of the heart rate in the hospital room. And they're not losing their mind. There's a, why? Because they have a power source. What are you worried about? What are you concerned over? What is the thing that has you in pain? Listen to me. God knows that these pressures, these difficulties, these stresses, these things in life will come. And so he says, I got an idea. Make me your fuel. Make me your power source. Make me the thing that propels you. Make me the one who you base your decisions off of. Make me the one who you ground your joy in. Make me, oh, but the baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make me, Jesus says. Oh, but she's so wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make me, Jesus says. Oh, but how am I going to pay my bills? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make It is not your joy is not found in your beauty or your health or your romantic conquests or your money or your acclaim and fame and your accomplishments or your work or your hobbies or your grandchildren or your children. Your joy can only ultimately be found in the one who can outlast all of those things that I just mentioned. fuels your life. Maybe, maybe you need a better fuel. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. I love when you see the Trinity at work um, in the Gospels. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine uh, dresser. There's so much here. I am not going to, if I, honestly, I could do a 13-week series on the, on the scriptures that we're reading right now. But I only got like 10 minutes. So we're going to go through this quicker. But listen to me. There's deep, beautiful truth here. God's word is beautiful. And the, it's one of those uh, things that the deeper you go, the deeper you realize, oh my, there's much more to go. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Jesus is saying, listen to me. Uh, uh, well, let me read more. Listen, I'm sorry, it's good stuff. It's like, listen, so you know. Christian, by the way, I'm speaking now, I'm speaking to Christians. If you, by the way, if you haven't identified yourself with Christ, right, you, know, you haven't said, Jesus, be my Lord, be my God, be the source of my joy, be the one who I base my decision off, be Lord and boss and the director of my life. If you are still, listen, if you're still the shot caller, Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. But Jesus has a better playmaker in mind than you. And he says this, for those of you who say, I am a Christ follower. If you're not a Christ follower, you're totally off the hook. And if you came, like, you know, if your spouse invited you and says, see, you need to act like that. You can do that. You got my permission, right? Because this is speaking to Christians. Jesus says, I am the vine. I 
am the source. I am a life. I am everything. I am I'm the thing that you get your nutrients from. I'm the thing that produces. I'm the, listen, I am it. I know you think it's your job. I know you think it's your good looks. I know you think it's your intelligence. I know you think it's your youth. I know you think that it's your circumstances and your finances and your... And listen, listen, Jesus says, yo, if you lose it all, you... So, let, let me say something. Let me say something. For a Christian, right? Christian has everything as far as financially, right? Rich, right? Has everything, right? Plus Jesus equals you've got everything, right? Christian who doesn't have a blessed thing, just a shirt on his back, plus Jesus means you got everything. Because Jesus is the everything. Jesus is the source of joy. Jesus is the one who fuels us. Jesus says it this way, I am the vine. And my father is the vine dresser. There's so much that could be said about that. Listen to verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Now listen, because I'm going to start talking to non-Christians in a second. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Listen to me. Not everybody who says Jesus, Jesus, is in Jesus. Does that make sense? That it's right. Have you ever have you ever gone to a church where you go, oh my gosh, I don't, and you know they're supposed to be Christians and they're acting this way? Well, let me let me give you a clue. Not everybody who goes, listen, coming to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than being in your garage makes you a car, <laughs> right? Or. Listen, coming to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than being in a donut shop makes you a cop, right? And just, I thought that was funny. You're, you're going to turn on me? I love the police officers that are here. Don't ticket my car. We love you. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Being in this place doesn't make you a Christian. It just makes you around Christians. It makes you a hearer of the good news. Listen. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Let me say two things. One, there are some of you who have been coming for a while. And, and quite frankly, you, today's the day. Just go ahead and give your heart to Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah, but I, you know, didn't I do it? No, you didn't. Look at you. Just look at you. I'm not, I'm not looking at you. I'm asking you to look at you. Don't be offended with me. Ask God's word. Is God the source of the decisions that you make? If I asked your kids, if I asked your wife, if I asked your friends, I said, hey, do me a favor. Point to the Christians that are in your group. Would they go, oh, yeah, that guy, that girl? Not because you're, like, speaking Christianese. Not because, not because of this superficial, lit- silly nonsense where you, you know, right, you speak your Christianese and you wear your Christian clothing and you eat your Christian cookies and you sing your Christian songs. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people will come up to you and just say, hey, oh, my goodness, there's, there's a difference in you. You know, you were selfish before and you're selfish now, but you, there seems to be, there seems to be a less of that now, where you were, where you were self-centered before, but now in Christ you seem to be less self-centered. It's not the work that you do; it's the work that He does in you. Are we getting right? Right. No grape could boast in its juiciness if it weren't for the vine, would not? Because it is God who is the source. Listen to me. Listen to me. Bear fruit. Don't be dead wood. Don't be, listen to me. Don't be, do not be here at Recovery House of Worship, Brooklyn, and then meet Jesus for the first time after you die. Meet Jesus now. Meet Jesus now. 
Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch in me that does bear fruit, he prunes. Now let me talk to the Christians for a second. If you're in Christ, you will suffer. If you're in Christ, you will go through pain. You will have people turn their backs on you. You will have inner turmoil. You will long for things that are not of God. And they will pull and tug and long. And a longing will ensue in your soul. You will, you will be, listen, let me tell you who has no inner turmoil, right? People who are not following God. Because there's no turmoil. It's just, listen, I had no problem in my sin. Jesus messed everything up. Right? When I was kind of like in my own sin, like, am I the only one, right? Or it's like, am I the only one? Or is there anybody else here, right? And like, when I was in my sin and I was doing my own thing, there was no problem. I thought I was good because I wasn't as bad as you. So I'm pretty good. I'm all right. And so I looked at when I... And when I came to Christ, it just got all messed up. And so you know what God does? He cuts stuff off. You were blaming the devil for taking your your relationship away. It was Jesus going, won't need that. Not Jesus, it was the Father. The Father said, let me prune that. You thought it was the devil that took you out of that work environment where you were going closer and closer to a real life. Jesus said, not, don't need that. Cut that right out. You thought it was Satan that struck your health and God is going, no, 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 you're using your health for, listen. And for some of you, you don't even have a category for this because God is like a grandfather who's only supposed to give you nice, happy things. And so the idea of God pruning your life, the idea of God, right? So you go, so you go, oh, you think it was, you know, you, you think your wife is behaving this way negatively towards you because, oh, she just doesn't understand that she, you know, I just need somebody. Listen, and it's God going, no, 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 I'm, I'm poking at something. I'm cutting something. You think it was because your husband, no, 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 no listen, listen, listen. I'm, I'm, it's your impatience. We got to prune that out. You, say, you want a better wife? Be patient. All of a sudden, she'll become so much better. You want a better husband? Be loving in your speech. You'll be shocked. That, listen to me. Listen to me. Because the father who he loves, listen to what he, the father does. This is nuts. He prunes. He prunes. You, are you suffering a great deal now? Jesus is doing his job. The father is pruning. Are you going through great difficulty? Are you in the most difficult space in your life? Like Ed, father's like Edward Scissorhands, just cutting all over the place. All over the place. Hey, listen to me. Listen to me. We think, we think that the things that happen to us, oh, this is not of God. This is no, 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 no. Best day of my life was my last day using. Because it was the day that I was, and I, I thought it was the worst day of my life. It's the best. Listen to me. Prunes. What suffering are you going through? What is he trying to prune? What, what is it that you refused to give up so he had to rip it away from you? What is it? Listen to me. What is it if you don't give up? Will he rip away from you? Because he loved, listen, not because, not, not because he's against you, because he wants you to bear more fruit. Those he loves, he prunes. Every branch that does not bear, uh, that does not bear fruit, he prunes that it might bear what? More fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Jesus is speaking to the disciples, right? They've just had the upper room discourse. Judas is already um, uh, gone to betray him. So he's speaking to the disciples. He says, listen, you already have life. Abide in me and I in you. There it is. Listen to me. Abide. Not, listen, not just occasionally be around. Not occasionally give a nod to. Abide. Abide. You know what? My thumb 
abides in my hand. And some people think it's cruel for God to say, Thumb, stay attached. Your usefulness is found by being attached to the hand. And you know what rebellious, foolish people do? Go, God, you just a killjoy. You just, you, you know what? You, you, you act like a thumb who's rebellious against his hand. You go, God, you know what? You just don't want me to have any fun. You just, listen, I only got one thumb to be, right? So I'm going to have as much fun as I can as this thumb, right? And you know what you do? You go like this. You just go. And that thumb is separated. And you go, woo, party time now. That's how foolish the Christian is who removes himself from the vine who removes himself from the body of Christ, who stops coming to church, reading his word, growing in Christ. That's how foolish the Christian is. They cut themselves off from the source. And now they've got to find an alternative fuel. Painful. Painful. Don't be that. Okay, let's go quickly. Verse 5. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is. That abides, that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Here's, there's two things that Jesus is saying here. Number one, Jesus, listen, let me tell you something. If you love Jesus, and if you don't love Jesus, the person who just gave you your last breath is Jesus. The person who just, without you thinking, the person who made sure that your eyelids dropped down so you wouldn't go blind, drop down and come back up, this incredible, that was Jesus. The person who keeps your body um, functions going, your heart beating, your blood going through your body. Your po- listen, the person who does that is Jesus. Listen, if Jesus removed his grace from your life, you wouldn't have to worry about whether you're an atheist or not. You'd be dead. Listen to me. But there's something deeper than that. There are things that we invest our lives in that to say that they're nothing is not an overstatement. It's foolishness. It's silliness. It's energy. It's sideways energy. It's going nowhere. Listen to me. Listen to me. God's word says this. Reside, dwell, rest in Verse 7, if you, okay, listen, I want you to just go, jump down to verse 11. Here's the purpose for God doing, telling you to abide in him. Here's the purpose, here's the reason. Here's what God's intention and plan is for your life. Verse 11, these things I have spoken to you. Jesus is talking, and he's saying, I told you this, I got a reason for telling you this. I have a purpose These things I have spoken to you for the purpose of that my joy may be in you and that your joy and that your joy may be full. Who here would just love a little bit of joy? Who here would love a little bit? Just absolutely. Listen to me. Jesus says, listen, I'll overflow you with joy. You think you got a cup coming to the faucet? Jesus says, you got a cup coming to Niagara Falls. I will absolutely overwhelm you in joy. Notice I didn't say happiness. I said joy. With, without. Have, don't have. Attain, don't attain. Achieve, don't achieve. God will give you joy. I've spoken you because your best, for your best, for your good. Man. It's for the child's good that we say, don't touch that hot stove. It's for your good. It's for your good that we tell the child, don't put your finger in the socket. It's for your good. It's for your good that in this church we say, listen, listen to me. Don't, don't start a serious romantic relationship with someone who doesn't know Jesus if you're serious about Jesus. It's for your good. 
It's for your good that we say, read your Bible, study, get, get, have some quiet time with the Lord. Don't you know? Listen, you know why Jesus wants you to have some quiet time with him? Because he knows the rest of the day is going to be frantic. He knows that the rest of the day is going to kill. Listen, Jesus wants you to look like Jesus. He wants you to walk down the street and get, listen, and get mistaken for the man in sandals who walked through Galilee healing others of their afflictions. He wants you to be mistaken for Jesus. It's for your joy. Oh, but if I don't have him, I won't have. Listen, if you don't have him, what you won't have is a little less, what you won't have is a little bit more pain than you would have had because Jesus wants you to look like Jesus. Everybody looks like something. Everybody looks like something, right? Every, um, uh, I went recently to, um, uh, I went to uh, uh, a date with my wife. You know, we go on dates. You know, guys, so you know what it took you to get her, it'll take you to keep her. So go ahead and, you know, it's just a little suggestion. Not, not in my notes. So I, I went on a date with my wife not long ago. And we did, you know, we do goofy stuff sometimes. And what we did was we went and we had, have you ever, have you ever gone and, you know, it's like $5, they'll do the caricatures, but then they try to sell you $50 more worth of stuff, right? Well, I'm super cheap, so I get my $5. I go, what's $5 get me? And so they told me it's just this piece of paper with your drawing. I'm like, okay, then we'll stay there. And I can afford $5 because I'm like that cool on a date. Girls, aren't you jealous, right? $5. <laughs> Terrible. And so, so they drew us. And I want, to show you the, I want to show you the image that they drew. Look at it. Like, isn't that cool? Isn't that silly? Now watch this. Right. I want you to notice a couple of things. Number one, I have a ton of money. That's not true. Number two, my wife has a wine glass. That's not true. Showing her belly. Everybody see her belly button there? Yeah, that, she wasn't dressed like that for sure. And I, I don't know what's going on here, if I got gas going or something like that, but they have a line going through there. But you know what? We look at this. You know what this is? This is a goofy picture of me and, and my wife, isn't it? I mean, it kind of looks like us, but it's not really us, right? And, 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 and listen to me. We all become caricatures of the things that fuel us. We become, you become goofy imitations of the things that fuel you. If it's prestige, you just... You become a goofy imitation of that. If it's your family, then you just become a goofy imitation of that. If it's your, listen, if it's your health, if it's your peace, if it's your serenity, if it's good things, if it's bad things, if it's sin, if it's saintly, if it's anything other than Jesus, you just become a caricature. So, for the rest of this series, I want you to start looking like a disciple of Christ. That's what the point of this series is. And this is what a disciple looks like. I'm going to tell you, listen, there's no... No, no, nothing up my sleeve. This is where we're going for the next six weeks. We're going to spend a week on each of these. The person who's abiding in Christ, that is, living in obedience, that's what we're talking about, Christ's disciple, has Christ at the center. That's what we've been talking about today. And I'm going to help you grow. And you go, I don't know Jesus. I don't know how to make Jesus the fuel of my life. I'm going to, hey, here, I'm going to show you. Listen. We're going to talk about stewardship. Because unless you're generous, you just go inward. Isn't it true? Right? Unless you manage well, you just... The Word. We're going to talk about God's Word and how we can get it. I'm going to teach you how to read the Bible, how to study the Bible. It's going to be wonderful. We're going to teach you how to share the Gospel with others because you don't want to keep good stuff to yourself, do you? Right? We're going to talk about serving others because when you just serve yourself, nobody wants to be around that person. So you need to learn how to serve others. We're going to talk about fellowship, not just meeting here, listening to me, but actually bonding, telling the truth to somebody. We're going to teach you how to do that. Prayer. You go, I don't know how to get, I pray. listen, we're going to teach you that. It's in the next six weeks. I want you to stay. But listen to me. In the end, in the end, abiding in Christ is Christ's work in you, not your religious activity to make Christ in you. And if you don't believe that, you go, where do you get that, Edwin? Well, let's look at verse 16. Verse 16 says this. I want everybody to read to me up to the comma, all right? One, two, three. 
You did not choose me. Now read the next few words. But I chose you. Stop. You know why? Jesus chose you. If you're here, you're chosen. You might have never got picked on the team when they were, like, you know, choosing in the schoolyard. You might have never got picked as the beauty queen. You might have never been, listen, you might have never had any value to anybody else in this world. But to Jesus, you're so valuable, he'd rather die than be without you. You are valuable. You're valuable. Jesus loves you. Listen to me. It's his work that he's doing in you. So for this, for the, this series, it's called Abide. We're going to learn how to rest in the gifts that he's already given us. We're going to rest in Jesus. Now, there's some of you who are here. There's some of you, and you're here, and the musicians are going to come up now. There's some of you who are here, and you're going, you know what? You don't know my story. You don't know my proclivity. You don't know what I'm planning on 15 minutes from now. You don't know. And the truth is, I don't know. But here's what I do know. I do know that it's no mistake that you're here. You think that, oh, no, 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 I was here because somebody promised me lunch later on or somebody said that, you know, if they meet me here, then we'll go. I get it. I get it. I, 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 I mean, I, I understand that. I mean, right? People don't come to church. People come to church for all sorts of different reasons. Listen to me. Listen to me. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because Jesus, Jesus loves you. Your parents may not have loved you. Jesus loved you and loves you. Your parents may not have planned for you. Jesus planned for you. He planned for you to love him. And he brought you here so that you might be drawn to himself. You see, we have a problem. The problem is sin. The problem is self. The problem is doing my own thing, living my own life, going my own way, which only leads to death. Listen to me. Jesus says, Abide in me. For those of you who don't know him, abide in him. What does that look like? It simply looks like going, Jesus, you know what? I'm a sinner. It's an old-fashioned word. It means to have missed the mark, to not have lived perfectly. You go, but everybody, nobody lives perfectly. Yeah, I know. That means you. Take it personal. And God is holy, perfect, and pure. We're imperfect. God is holy, perfect, and pure, and he cannot abide. He cannot reside. He cannot live with impurity because that would make him what? Impure. So God says, so God has a dilemma because he loves you and he loves me. And he says, but I can't do without him, but I can't be with him because that would be impure. And I'm, I'm holy, perfect, and pure. And so he goes, oh, I got an idea. I got an idea. I'll be pure for them. And so Jesus lived the life that you did not live. And died the death that you deserve to die. And rose again on the third day and ascended to the Father to prepare a place for you, for your salvation. You just go, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Take my life. Yeah, that's good news. Absolutely. I'd clap about that too. Absolutely. Let's listen to me. Listen to me. Jesus, come to me. We are, um, as the musicians play something softly. We're, we're going to have prayer and communion. Now, really important, um, this communion, it's a tradition that we have. 